Hey, Nora. It's Mo. How are you? Mo. Hey, I'm so good. How are you? I'm great, but I'm feeling like the summer is just passing me by. Can you believe that this wee scandal shitstorm has been going on for like over a month now? I can believe it um, because we're all at home and a lot of us have nothing to do but think of all the ways that liberal corruption has many heads and, and can indulge in such uh, a, a, a tale, in such a story of chaos and corruption and blah, blah, blah. Are you really going to make me talk about we again? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's why I'm calling you. I was hoping that you would tell me this tale, weave me this tale, especially based on what's been happening over the past few weeks. Like the brothers Kielberger, Craig and Mark, they testified. Their former chair of the Canadian Board of Directors, Michelle Douglas, she testified. Jesse Brown from Canada Land testified. And then the finance minister, Bill Morneau, the prime minister's chief of staff, Katie Telford, and the prime minister, Justin Trudeau himself, all testified. So I'm calling you because I want to find out what did we learn from all of this? <laughs> well, I learned that uh, Justin Trudeau, Julie uh, Jakanskowitz, who Julie, the liberal MP who was on the committee, Arif Varani, who's an MP from Parkdale High Park in Toronto, and Gerald Butts were all involved with the McGill Debating Club. That was the big piece of news that I learned from that exercise. Was that a good debating club? <laughs> I don't know. I I just think it's so so bizarre because you've got this liberal MP who's questioning Justin Trudeau and every one of her interventions was like, oh, you're so great, uh, Justin. Can you tell us about how great you are? Uh, as if like they weren't on a debating club in university together 25 or 30 years ago. It's, it's just, it's political theater. And that's what that was, was political theater at its best. I mean, when, um, when Pierre Polyev, took over as vice chair because Wayne Easter lost his power and then started to just try and pound into, uh, into the, into the prime minister. It was just like, Oh my, Oh my God, we're, we're watching anarchy. This is, this is um, amazing. <laughs> so on the political theater side, it was, it was, it was interesting to watch. And it's also interesting because of course these committee hearings have never happened um, online and they've never happened via Skype or uh, video. So that's pretty cool. Um, but you asked, like, why are we still uh, caring about this? Or why is this still news? Or what's going on? And I th or think you asked that. <laughs> well, I, I'm I, asking what we learned from all of this. Like, did we learn any new information that's relevant? Not really. I mean, there's been interesting stories from Jaron Kerr, who's been the, the, the journalist at Canada Land that has kept on breaking other stories. So stories about like how we and the Kielbergers specifically really laid the heavy on journalists that tried to write critical stories about them. And, and he has a long mm. feature on them doing this over many, many years. And we also learned that uh, their, their parents, the Kielbergers' parents, own properties within Toronto. And one of those properties, uh, John Tory, is um, paying money to renovate. Uh, so that the city of Toronto can host a service out of there for women. Um, John Tory, of course, was at one of the Kielberger sons' wedding because they're, they're friends. So, I mean, we, we, we learned that there is uh, an establishment, that the Kielbergers are part of that establishment, and the establishment helps uh, each other out. But I do think that it's interesting um, to, to ask the question, why is this such a big deal? And it isn't just because the conservatives see corruption and they can go for it and they can make political hay out of it. And, and really the same thing for the NDP. The NDP smells corruption here too. Certainly Charlie Angus was um, angry <laughs> for a lot of the, the, the committee hearings, which is fair. Um, but I think that what 
I have been thinking about the most related to the Kielbergers is just how much of an allegory they are for Canada and how their charity has really been the most important driver of how Canadians understand neoliberal charity acts today. And so what I mean by that is they have helped to, like through their We Days and through their uh, selling of various goods that are made by various women around the world, uh, through their volunteerism, that this is the one way to change the world, is to get involved with the charity sector and to save or free children in Africa. And I think um, mm. there's, there's a reason why they've had such success in Canada. And, you know, I grew up at the same time that Free the Children was becoming a major deal. The, the, Craig and Mark are not much older than I am. Uh, and, and they, like, everything about social justice in high school, certainly my high school, was oriented towards that kind of activism. And it's such a convenient activism because it's an activism that gives cover to the Royal Bank, to Jim Pattison, to uh, WestJet. It's, it's a corporate um, a benevolence that helps businesses launder their images for, to, for in the Canadian eye. And, uh, and so I've learned a lot <laughs> as I'm writing a story right now for Briarpatch magazine on this stuff. And I think that that's why it has had such sway in the hearts and minds of Canadians, even though I think we can all agree that it is by far the least important of the massive scandals uh, that have arisen throughout the, the COVID crisis. Right. And I guess when we look at the Trudeau government and we look at the political side, setting aside we and the lessons we can take from them and, and, and what they mean to this country, I guess, there are like a lot of Trudeau defenders saying that, you know, this appeared to be a conflict of interest and that there was no real conflict of interest. Prime Minister Trudeau and Finance Minister Morneau did nothing wrong or at most like maybe they should have recused themselves from the decision-making process. But otherwise it was all like, by the book, totally straight as an arrow, government procedure. And the defenders kind of claim that this is all a fake news smear fabricated by the opposition parties and really going hard at the media, calling them dishonest or ignorant, just, you know, people who do not understand how government works. Why are the defenders wrong? <laughs> Oh, and they are so wrong um, because of, of what I what I've already re referred to. I mean, this is this is a story that's as Canadian as uh, apple pie, which is obviously not a, a saying we have <laughs> in Canada, um, but it is as Canadian as Tim Hortons. Um, patronage is the way that government has always run in this country, and we witnessed a lot of patronage. You know, Trudeau made a big deal about how you know by the book it is not. Um, a mother of somebody is not considered immediate family by the book. The immediate family are their children. And so he was not in a conflict if they were paying his mother. And it's like, okay, fair enough, I guess. And she's her own woman and you're your own man. But um, Bill Morneau's daughter works for this company. So we could talk about that. Uh, or we could just talk about the optics of the fact that Margaret Kemper Trudeau started working for we in the way that she did in, in like the years after Trudeau was prime minister. So there's obviously a link between her proximity to the Prime Minister of Canada and her advocacy uh, on mental health on the national stage and talking to youth. There, there's a lot of things about this uh, company or this charity that I think like a lot of Canadians are really mad about because this is, a, this is a charity that we've seen for two decades. 
you know, talk about their, their good work and their good deeds. And some of the stuff that I found doing a little bit of my own research for this article I'm writing has been pretty surprising. And so, you know, one thing I, I, I found, and I'm not sure you've, you've seen me write about this yet, is in 2016, in August, it was announced that we would become uh, a, an official uh, partner of Canada 150, which was those celebrations of the sec- sesquicentennial of the, of the founding of Canada, of the of Confederation being mm-hmm. signed. And so we was given uh, $1.5 million to, to do a couple of things, but the primary uh, acts that they were engaged to do was to run a big concert on July 2nd, which is an awkward date because obviously it's not July 1st and people didn't really go to the concert as a result. Uh, it's like Headley and Alex Nevsky who have both been <laughs> kind of oh, you know, outed as sexual uh, abusers. But anyway, you know, that's, that's hindsight is the year 2020, right? But the, the other big pillar of the developed curriculum and curriculum that was going to focus on environmentalism and reconciliation, diversity and inclusion, and getting involved to do your part in some way about something. And so they create this curriculum. It's supposed to unroll in 2017. Um, it's all scrubbed from their website. You cannot find this anywhere. I had someone amazingly send me screen caps of documents that they had saved, um, but it is really, really difficult to find what this curriculum actually said, which is bizarre because it was, it was paid for by the federal government. You'd think that it wouldn't just be stale after three years, right? This is curriculum that would, I assume, work in the 153rd year of Canada's existence as well. But in January 2017, the British Columbia government announced that they were giving we $200,000 to give British Columbia students access to this curriculum, which is so interesting because the federal government paid for the curriculum in the first place. And so what was the BC government doing giving them $200,000 on top of the money they had already received for curriculum had been announced five months earlier? So it's these kinds of things that you're like, okay, what the, what the fuck is that? That seems very bizarre to say the least. And I was, you know, talking online with the president of the BC Teachers Federation and he was saying that, you know, they were not obviously consulted or involved in the creation of this curriculum. So you also have this whole situation where you've got hmm. the, the public the public purse giving money privately to then develop public education that then the public system has to repurchase from this private charity. I'm sorry, that's a lot of fucked up back and forth kind of grift in my opinion. And that's just one really minor example of the kind of stuff that we was up to. And so it has legs because they had legs in a lot of different pots and uh, they flew far too close to the sun in trying to coordinate the Canada student volunteer program. I guess the one thing that I'm curious about, and I see this online and I even see this from certain commentators, they say, well, you know, when we talk about patronage, sure, there were these connections between the Trudeau government or the Trudeau family, I should say, and and the government, if we include Morneau, and the weed charity. But, you know, there's no way that anyone would have foreseen a pandemic that would have required the Canada Student Service Grant and things were moving so fast that, you know, this was not some conspiratorial scratch my back, I scratch your back type of deal. And again, they point to the government procedure as a way to validate why it's all by the book. Can you explain to that audience, if they, were, if they, if they want to listen to that, yeah. why that's wrong? Well, I mean, they're all liberals saying that. It's so number one, you're a fucking liberal. So like, <laughs> shut up. 
I mean, I know why you're trying to justify this, right? Was it by the book? Should Justin Trudeau be put into jail? Should Craig and Mark Kielberger be put into jail? No. Like, yeah, it was by the book in a certain sense. What concerns me is that this charity has received more than $5 million in public money and has very little to show for it. Very little to show for it. Like I was trying to, first of all, I couldn't find that curriculum. Okay, so that's gone into thin air. And at a 150 was that a million students would volunteer. And so I searched everywhere to like see what these projects were going to be for the students volunteering. And I found a map from the time that, that the We Charity had put out. And the map only has... 15 activities on it of people volunteering hmm. and some of the activities are like these students return their batteries and these students read to older students and so all of the acts of charity that we claims to be doing is all shit that already fucking happens in the school system so like the, when you start to peel back this organization it's really sketchy really 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 sketchy okay so they already received three million dollars as the federal government was was marching towards an election in september 2019 i don't know what the outcome of that three million dollar grant was i you know haven't seen that reported yet and then they go uh cap in hand again to the government and say you know give us <laughs> a ton of money um, and we'll distribute it. We're the only network in Canada that can do that. Even though the public service can do it themselves, they already do administer the Canada uh, summer um, student grant uh, work program. And, um, but instead he gets it. And so, I mean, yeah, I guess liberals can be mad that this opportunity gave everybody to, to see what's behind the curtain at this charity, but they should be fucking mad about what's behind the curtain at the charity. Not that, Oh my God, they got found out because the, the, the model that we operates under is clearly poisonous. It's clearly destructive. Mm -hmm. It's hurting the people that get involved with pensions. It's the, the liberals see we as a very like important location to get promotion and publicity and get access to young people who say they're progressive. And so obviously the liberals want to, any liberal wants to protect this organization because it's a useful part of the liberal machine. They had no business getting this contract, but it had been as simple as they had no business getting this contract. Um, these connections came out and then they lost con the contract the scandal would have been over in June. It's not over mm -hmm. because we're starting to see how white corporate Canada launders their image by using organizations like we. I mean, one of the things that we advertise on their website is that they get free telecommunications from TELUS. They get free computers from Microsoft. They get free financial advice and services from KPMG. They get, they get hmm. discounted and free flights from WestJet to get, to get kids to Wee Day. They get free meals from Freshie to pay for their, their staff. I mean, what the fuck? What do they got going on over there? How are they getting, like, on what planet are corporate donors just giving all this money to this corporation or this charity or whatever because of the good work they're doing? It doesn't make any sense. And when you start to look at what the good work actually is, then you start to see it's even more questionable. It's these uh, gold-plated trips that may or may not be funded personally by politicians of all political stripes. And, mm -hmm. you know, I, one example is they're partnering with Compass. Uh, Compass is a, an international food service company. It's a billion-dollar company based in the UK. Canada is called Chartwells. If you've ever been on a campus in Canada, you've probably tasted Chartwells. And one right. of the things that we in Chartwells came up with is something that's called the We Special. 
So you go to your local Chartwell's outlet and you order the Wii special. And some money from the Wii special is apparently going to purchase 1.4 million meals in Kenya. This is the promise. Okay. You go to Compass's financial documents and you go to their annual report from 2019. There's no mention of this program. There's no mention of the money that they're giving to uh, any of this like 1.4 million meals. Hmm. And it's also money that students are already paying for the food that they buy on campus flowing through Chartwells and going to we to then purchase meals that I can't see any evidence of having happened. It's all a shadow game and we are finally understanding to some extent how shadowy it is. And it is not in the slightest bit surprising that liberals, small L liberals, large L liberals are saying this is no big deal. This is the way that it works. There was nothing uh, broken within this agreement. You know, there are so many weird tidbits of trivia that came out of this whole saga, and, and I'm not just talking about the background about of WE, when you just look at how the events unfolded, like the WE charity pulling out of the contract, because if it was on the up and up, you know, why would they have to pull out of it? The fact that 100,000 students were allocated for the Canada Student Service Grant Program, which only amounts to $500 million max, which raises <laughs> questions about the balance $400 million, right? Where, where was that money going or why was that set aside? And then I was reading about how there was $30 million that was given to we up front and mm -hmm. everyone's kind of unsure how the repayment plan looks like now that the contract is canceled. And then you have, you know, more, more before he has to testify, he has to pay back $41,000 in travel expenses oh, yeah. all of a sudden from a trip he took like three years ago. And then I think almost central to all of this is like the idea that if the Canada Student Service Grant Program goes through and if the government actually follows through on it, then the whole premise that we was the only organization that could pull this off when they've never administered grants like this before, it just means like the whole scheme was premised on a lie. So there's all these like fragmented pieces that don't add up and it smells fishy, but just to sort of summarize it, and I know you've given a really good summary and summation of why this is all terrible and why it's important to look at. But if we're just looking at the scandal and how the events unfolded, break it down for me like a dummy, like yeah. the dummy that I am. What should I take away in terms of the scandal itself and why it was so egregious? Yeah, I think it is very important for average people. I mean, average people being people that have like stuff to fill their brains with that isn't this trivia. <laughs> uh, to, to understand that knowing about the relationship they have with Royal Bank of Canada or, or, or whatever, uh, that's for those of us who are like really into holding very minor details in the brain. That's for us to like read and salivate over and whatever. For average people, the most important part of this scandal is that Justin Trudeau, looking at Canada and looking at Canadians in the middle of a pandemic said, we need to give people emergency funding because they are not going to be able to make bill payments. And so we will give people $2,000 over you know, a period of time, except mm -hmm. we will not give this to students. And we won't give this to students because students don't, because they're students. And that underpins 
liberal logic in every corner of this country. That's the, the same logic that says students can pay uh, double and triple the amount of tuition fees that they paid years ago. It's the same logic that says students can, you know, uh, finance their higher education through debt because they will get high paying jobs and will pay their debt off instantly. And there's a lot of pieces of shit out there who have pushed that line who are now all surprised about the scandal uh, from we. And it's like, I see you motherfuckers. I know the stuff that you've been advocating for behind closed doors with the liberals. And this is all part of liberal motherfucking logic. So, you know, J Justin Trudeau looks down at the students and says, well, um, you know, these guys are different people. They pay different rent. They pay different bus uh, fare money. Uh, their cars are differently priced. And so we'll, we'll give them a, a, a volunteer program that doesn't actually pay the minimum wage. <laughs> and, um, and so that's the real problem because all of this goes back to the fact that students didn't get the CERB. All of this goes back to the fact that students are always considered differently by liberals. And it's because they understand a student to be a 17-year-old who still lives with their parents, whose parents are still paying for their tuition fees and their rent, and who still has them on their, on their health and dental plan, uh, and not, uh, you know, as autonomous, independent humans that have to pay regular market rent just like everyone else. And, um, mm. and in, unless you see the liberals' decision-making through that lens, then a lot of this can get very confused and lost in that trivia of how much of an octopus this organization uh, seems to be. Well, hey, before I let you go, last time we chatted, you correctly predicted that the WE contract would be canceled. I know you have your crystal ball ready. So what is going to happen next? Spoil well, it for me. I think that um, we are at the breaking point after the committee hearing. I don't think there's going to be much uh, that goes too much further. It'll be very interesting to see if Craig and Mark Kilberger survive this. Uh, I would be surprised if, they're, if their company does. I imagine they'll be absorbed by some corporate piece of shit board and they'll just like ride out their lives in luxury, dreaming about the day that they were on cribs, on MTV's cribs, showing off their safari fucking house in Kenya. <laughs> Um, but, um, but, you know, this has been a very convenient crisis for the Liberals in some way, um, but also very inconvenient in others because it has just made uh, opposition parties and their supporters like very, very rabid. Um, and so I imagine the Liberals will make a hard pivot to the left because I don't think that they could pivot to the right out of this and appeal to people. Um, and so in the next coming days and weeks, I imagine we will see a big funding announcement of some sort. I would guess it's related to parents and childcare, but, um, but it really could be anything. So that's my prediction. Hmm. Well, I'm going to hold you to it. We'll see how the next <laughs> few weeks pans out. Nora, I appreciate you synthesizing all of this for me. You've given me even more to think about. And I feel like you've saved me a lot of screen time from going through a lot of articles and stuff. So you brought a lot of information. I appreciate that. I hope next time that we chat, we can chat about something entirely different. Oh my God, please don't call me ever again. Ask about we. <laughs> Unless something massive happens and I'd be happy to. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Give me, give me that one out if something massive happens, but otherwise we'll put this to bed. Okay. That sounds good. Thank you so much and take care. Yes. You too. Bye-bye.